On April the 22nd, 1889, a single gunshot at high noon unleashed a frenzied dash into the unclaimed lands of Oklahoma. In just a few hours, entire towns sprang up on what was once an empty prairie. But what prompted this remarkable race for land? How did this day become a defining moment in American history? And how were Native Americans strategically stripped of this land in the preceding decades to make way for white settlers? Hello, Groove Armada. Will Redley here, and this is the sound of history, putting sound back into the past, one Taylor Swift at a time. And today we are diving into the fascinating history of the Oklahoma land rush of 1889. This event caught my eye while I was reading David Grand's Killers of the Flower Moon. And the book, which I highly recommend, unravels a chilling series of murders in the 1920s targeting the Osage Native Americans to usurp their wealth and lands. And within its pages, Grand touches upon a momentous event in Cherokee history, the 1893 land rush, where thousands of settlers vied for one of 42,000 parcels of land. Digging some more, I discovered that the land rush of 1889 on which this episode is focusing, is normally characterised in images and written descriptions by chaos, but in fact has a much darker history, which took place over decades and involved a considered manipulation of Native American land and people. So before we turn to the mania of that fateful day in April 1889, we must first look at where the roots of this history lie. And it begins with an almost mythical term, Manifest Destiny. Coined in 1845, it conjured the bold vision of the United States, divinely ordained to stretch its influence across the vast North American continent, weaving democracy and capitalism into its expanding geographical tapestry. But this grand narrative collided with the harsh reality. The continent was far from a blank slate. It was a mosaic of cultures, with estimates suggesting that up to 112 million indigenous inhabitants lived on the continent before European colonisation. The march of Manifest Destiny was not just a journey of expansion, it was a complex saga of assimilation, conflict and often the obliteration of these native cultures. And as the 19th century neared its close, most of the West had been swallowed up by this relentless drive. Except for a notable exception, the unassigned lands in what is now Oklahoma, a sanctuary for Native American tribes amidst the tide of American expansion. This unique circumstance was deeply entwined with the critical piece of legislation passed in 1830, the Indian Removal Act. This act, a grim pillar of the manifest destiny ethos, facilitated the coerced displacement of numerous Native American tribes, effectively clearing vast territories for the westward push of American settlers. The effect of this act was further compounded by another pivotal piece of legislation, the Dawes Act of 1887, which broke up tribal lands and redistributed them to individual groups. Native Americans who refused this deal were disallowed from becoming American citizens. 
So although all these powerful pieces of legislation and political manoeuvres set the stage for the mesmeric day in 1889, what finally cut the ribbon on the land was political weakness rather than strength. Oh, and boomers. So we now turn in our story to a group known as the Boomers, quite different from its modern meaning. Uh, these were settlers, hungry for new opportunities, forward-looking rather than backwards, so quite the opposite of the modern term Boomer. Um, but they were relentlessly pressuring the US government to open up the unassigned lands for settlement through the 1880s. Leaders among them like David L. Payne and William L. Cooch, or Couch, not sure how you say it, orchestrated expeditions into these lands, directly challenging the government's authority and stoking the fires of public and political debate for considering the unoccupied lands as fundamental to the development of the United States. This land would make or break the US. Their action, coupled with the economic backdrop of the time, was instrumental in setting the stage for the land rush. The period leading up to the rush was marred by so much economic strife, notably the long depression of the 1870s. This particular period of economic downturn left many Americans desperate for new opportunities, fueling the belief that ownership of land could pave the way to prosperity and stability. The allure of fertile, unclaimed land in the West became a beacon of hope for those who were hit hardest by the economic crisis. Bending to this crescendo of public pressure, Congress took decisive action. In 1889, they passed the Indian Appropriations Act, a piece of legislation that in many ways broke the final barrier to the lands. It stipulated the rules of engagement for the rush, including the infamous Sooners Clause, aimed at ensuring a fair and orderly process. This clause penalised anyone who entered the territory before the official start time. Basically, a last-ditch attempt by the government to impose order on what was obviously going to become a chaotic scramble for land. But in this context, the Oklahoma land rush was not just a dramatic race for land. It was the culmination of decades of political manoeuvring, economic desperation and social upheaval. It was a moment where the past and present collided, where the dreams of many clashed with the realities of a nation grappling with its identity and its destiny. As we turn the pages back to that April day in 1889, we're not just looking at a race for land, we're witnessing the final act of a drama that had been unfolding for over half a century. As dawn broke on April the 22nd, the air was thick with anticipation. Thousands of people from all walks of life, farmers, veterans, teachers, adventurers, they all gathered at the borders of the unassigned lands, each dreaming of new beginning. As the morning progressed, the tension became almost palpable. Families huddled together, their wagons loaded with belongings, and individuals on horseback all eyed the unclaimed territory with a mix of hope and desperation. Then, at precisely noon, a single gunshot pierced the air, signalling the start of the Oklahoma land rush. What followed was an extraordinary spectacle, one of frenzied excitement, as settlers dashed 
to stake their claim on the best plots of land. Some settlers had meticulously planned their moves, identifying specific plots of land in advance. Others, guided by nothing more than instinct. The land rush was more than just a physical race. It was a psychological ordeal. The unrelenting Oklahoma sun, the rough terrain and the sheer number of competitors made the rush an exhaustive endeavour. By the end of the day, the landscape that had been empty that morning was transformed. Tent cities sprang up as if by magic. The first rough sketches of towns that would grow and evolve in the years to come. That day, chaotic and dramatic as it was, marked a pivotal moment in American history. The Oklahoma land rush wasn't just about the acquisition of land. It was about the shaping of the future and the relentless and sometimes destructive pursuit of an American dream in the past. So, to a song to explain this mad day, and it seemed only right that in a story where we might otherwise only focus on the land run itself, we use a track which lets us further understand the plight of the Native American in the 19th century. So as such, here is an extract from Ghost Dance by Robbie Robertson and the Red Road Ensemble, released in 1994 on the album Music for the Native Americans. You can damn my soul For not believing in your God And some world down below But you don't stand a chance Against my prayers You don't stand a chance Against my So that was Ghost Dance by Robbie Robertson and the Red Road Ensemble. And in it we find a powerful musical testament to this overlooked narrative. The song is a journey through the heartache and resilience of a people faced with the seismic shifting of the 19th century America. One which, over the course of those hundred years, became totally unrecognisable to these people. The song is resolute and bleak at the same time. You can hear that idea in those lyrics. You can kill my body, you can damn my soul for not believing in your God. This addresses the manifest destiny mantra head on with a resolute defiance to the persecution. The heady melodies and textures reference a prayer which symbolised hope and renewal for a people grappling with loss and displacement. The song expresses powerfully a set of beliefs that provides resilience in unimaginable circumstances. In the rhythm and words of Ghost Dance, we hear the echoes of a history too often silenced. The song serves as a poignant reminder that the story of the American West is not just one of expansion and settlement, but also of deep scars, an unyielding spirit of the indigenous peoples. And on that note, we have run out of time. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, This episode has been a real delight to make, and I hope that you've enjoyed listening. If you have 
leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Amazon, wherever you're listening, and share the show, share the love. Make sure to tell your friends, your family, your co-worker who's bored of history hit that this show exists because there's a lot more coming. So follow us on our socials, link down in the description, and I want to bring you along for the ride. So have a great week, Groove Armada, and keep listening to the past. Big love. Big love. Big love. Big love. Big love. Big love.